Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your host for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show. gentlemen and welcome back to the eagle eye podcast we have quite the episode in store for you guys today we have the big season preview of the guardianes 2020 coming up we're going to be talking about that disaster of a semi-final exit from america against guadalajara we have some lady Aguila news as well as the launch of the new jersey and then all the latest transfer rumors in regards to las Aguilas de la america and as always let me introduce my co-host for today New York's favorite resident, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, a little bit disappointed uh, in the way we kind of finished that preseason, but i um, definitely excited for the upcoming season. Definitely, definitely. Dylan, how is life down over there in Texas right now? <clears throat> oh, you know, just trying to survive still. I think I said that every week, you know, especially living out here in the Permian Basin. I always wonder what people think, like, your your day-to-day life is that you're always oh, man, doing that. I, I just don't. I just, uh, it's just crazy, you know. Some days, some days we have a slow day at the news station. Some days we have busy days, and today was one of those slow days. So, it is what it is. It definitely is what it is. And today we are joined by a very special guest. You have seen him before on the podcast and heard him. But this time, he's got himself a whole different makeover look just for the show. It's none other than Christian's next-door neighbor, (laughs) Alexis Juarez, a.k.a. AJ. AJ, how are we, my friend? I'm doing good. Thank you very much, Ivan. I would like to thank you for bringing me onto the podcast. It's much appreciated. No, definitely. We wanted to have you on. And ever since, you know, you sent us over that video, uh, giving us that detailed information over the Lady Aguilas news, we said, you know what, this is definitely someone we have to have on the show. Uh, get your expertise in here as well. And we know that you follow the men's just as well as you follow the ladies. So uh, we're itching to pick your brain and to see what you have in store for us. And yeah, just excited to have you on and uh, hope you enjoy your time here. Hopefully the people enjoy having you on here as well. And uh, like I mentioned, excited for, for you to be on here. I know everyone else is feeling the same way. And let's get started on with today's show. If you guys are ready to go, we have the first segment, which is that disaster preseason uh, semifinal against uh, Chivas Real de Guadalajara in the Copa uh, por México. Christian, this game ended in a 4-3 defeat. You said you were very disappointed in the way that America ended exiting out of this one. Uh, I think everyone watching that game it felt the same way in that aspect. I will throw two questions at you. What went wrong for America within the first opening 15 seconds, as we see, that's when uh, Chivas scored that goal on us. And then how much should we actually read into this thinking it is definitely a preseason tournament or at least a preseason games after all? Uh, sure. So obviously the first 15 seconds was uh, definitely a terrible start for us. Uh, in my opinion, I think it was just you no know, a defensive collapse, uh, you know, miscommunication, whatever you want to call it. Um, definitely unfortunate. Um, but it, it definitely set the tone for the rest of the match as, you know, we were down within the first 15 seconds. Now we basically spent the whole game chasing them and it was something definitely we didn't want to be in. Um, going into this match, I kind of had high hopes because I thought we were the better team, I guess, player for player. 
um, even though we didn't come off the best, the best result pre uh, prior to this game, I still think that we had enough uh, to, to, kind of, to come out with the victory. Unfortunately, though, that kind of just put a damper on all plans. Uh, and, it, it, and to me, it, it kind of it just, I guess, played with how Bioho wanted the match to go. I think he had a plan to a certain, a certain way, and then that just threw out the window. Now, how much should we read into this? Um, considering it be a preseason game, I wouldn't say to hit the panic button just yet, but it definitely raise some questions. Um, throughout the preseason, we have been asking these questions. Uh, you know, why is America playing so bad defensively? Why can't we score goals? Uh, what's happening in the midfield? Why can't we control the game? Um, definitely all questions still need to be answered. Even though we did score three goals this game, most of them were, you know, kind of individual goals. Like you see this one, uh, uh, Cordoba made, which was a golazo, by the way. But it wasn't due to, you know, us doing something special. You know, it was more him, you know, taking a, a great shot and then beating the keeper. You know, we don't have many of those goals this, uh, in this preseason. The only goals I think we did have was, I think, maybe the, maybe the first goal against the Luka game. But that's pretty much it after that. So in terms of reading much into it, you know, don't hit the panic button just yet. But definitely raise some questions and ask why America isn't playing to their full potential. Definitely, definitely. AJ, I, I, I want to just piggyback off of what Christian was saying in regards to not, panic, not pressing that panic button just yet. How much do you read into a game like this or into a tournament like this? And how much do you kind of take a step back and say, this is preseason, there's still stuff that needs to be worked on? Or are you on the side of, this is a terrible, terrible display by the team, we need to start switching everything up and maybe even thinking about managerial changes? So what I think personally from this game was it's a classical, you know, America, when it's a classical, we're in it to win it. I understand that this is a preseason match, but then just seeing the display that we saw against Chivas that night, I was worried for the team defensively because like 15 seconds in, I'm just wondering what's happening. Can we let our guard down? But I feel like we don't want to press the panic button just yet because like, Preseason, you know, I guess players are still getting rusty, especially with everything that has happened, but they're trying to get guess they get themselves back into the rhythm of things. So personally, I feel like we just need to strengthen the defense up. Managerial changes, I feel like we don't really need a, ma a managerial change just yet. Personally, me, because I feel like the team, we're fine with this team. I just feel they could just use some improvements in the defensive in the defensive area of things pretty much. But 4-3, we were pushing towards the very end to try to make a comeback and advance into the finals, but unfortunately it did not happen. But like overall, we gave a good fight to Chivas. Just there was parts in the games where I'm just like, we need to wake up. Like we need to just kind of like stop being lazy. I should say like wake up that we're realizing we're playing against our biggest rivals in this tournament and a semifinals in which we could have a chance of winning a trophy. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I agree with you. Whenever you come and step out onto the pitch as a medica, your expectations are always to win, whether it's a preseason game. And that is something kind of heavy to carry as a player. But you kind of know that coming into this institution and even more so playing against your biggest rivals like Chivas in a semifinal. Yes, I know as much of a glorified preseason tournament that this may be, it's still a match in which a lot more than just a pass into the finals being played. but uh, respect and and bragging rights and that glory, all of that is being put on the line every time you go up against uh, Chivas. So, 
it is disappointing that America didn't come out and play the game that they should have against Chivas. And like you said, you know, it, it's it's always a game you expect America to come out and try to win. And the showcasing that we got was definitely subpar, especially like you mentioned, 15 seconds into this. The biggest concern right now is the defense. Dylan, we were in this same situation one year ago when we were previewing the Apertura 2019. We talked about the poor results in the preseason and how we said that the biggest kind of weakness to America was the defense. And a lot of people kind of thought that we were a bit mad because every time that we would mention that going and talking to other colleagues in the Liga Mekis English community, they said, well, you know, America tends to have really good defense numbers and this and that. And I think we can both agree that sometimes all of this is kind of a little bit luck if if that's the right word to use in this situation because i think america for the past two years now i think we've been calling for a much better defense and have still yet to get it yeah no i i definitely agree um i think you kind of hit it on on the money right there too i think you know when you look at you know some of these players i know a lot of people want aguilera out um obviously though he didn't he didn't necessarily start this game but still um that's kind of one key point point that people point out uh, whenever they look at this back line the most. I think, you know, obviously people point at Bruno Valdez being the strong point. But, you know, it, it's just very frustrating to see this. I mean, it's not necessarily the question you asked me that I'm answering, but, you know, um, you you come back in your first game against Toluca, and I've said this time and time again, uh, you want to see your team make strides every preseason game going forward. I feel like we regressed every time, uh, really, in, in, in some ways, in a lot of ways, actually. Um, it's just... I just feel like from the Toluca game to the Pumas game, you know, you you saw steps back. You didn't want to see that. And then I feel like you take further steps back as you continue going forward into this, uh, into the knockout stages too. No, yeah, definitely. This preseason felt like you took one step forward and two steps backwards in regards to, you know, kind of the way that the team was performing and how you exactly wanted this team to get out. But Christian, I mean, we're kind of going to wrap it up here because I don't really want to take too much time into this because at the end of the day, it is a preseason tournament. But anything that you kind of want to take away from this tournament as a whole and this match against Chivas, what went right for America in this preseason? And besides kind of the already obvious defensive mistakes that we've seen, what kind of other little details do you think America needs to fix coming into this Guardianes 2020? So for the positives, you know, uh, unfortunately, there is there really isn't much. Um, I guess you can just say that I think that our key players um, will still be in good form for the upcoming season, which is important for us because we need these players to be at their form if we wanted to, you know, to contend for any any title at all this season. Um, you know, I, I, I think that we have a, a good base right now, but, you know, any possible uh, transfers coming in wouldn't hurt at all. Um, negatives, you know, obviously you said besides the whole defensive aspect of our game, I think, you know, controlling the game is something we def- definitely need to work on. There are moments in the match, um, it's, we'll talk about the Chivas match because that's, I guess, more fresh in our heads, uh, where, you know, we, we didn't know what we were doing with the ball. We kind of just, we had the ball and then we try to make a quick, uh, quick play, but then the ball would just go out. Like, you know, we're not, we're not having, you know, consistency in our play. We're not making these key passes. We're not sweating out the field it's just kind of generic basic passing that's leading to nowhere and on the flip side when Chivas has the ball you're kind of just like in your own zone without any real exit and then trying to uh, create more fluidity to your game uh that's definitely something in the midfield that we need to work on but in my opinion I think that when Caceres does come back 
I think he is a better pair with Richard than also or the new kid, um, Neveda, will, will ever be. So I think that that will add a more, uh, more I guess, consist- consistency to our midfield. And also the wing play. The wing play needs to improve a lot. I think me and you, I haven't said it time and time and time again, that without our wingers, I don't think Herrera's system can work in this team. And I think we saw a little bit when Ibargun came in how it was kind of meshing a little bit. But even then, you know, he's, he's fresh off. He's, this is his first game. He obviously wasn't going to be, you know, that player that was going to change everything, even though he did score a goal. But we need him to be, uh, you know, hot from, from the jump. But that obviously wasn't going to happen. And then you see on the other side, you know, you're, you're struggling with Gio, with Leo. And, you know, the, these players need to start picking up or else, you know, it, it's going to be a, a very tough season for us. Yeah, definitely. And we'll talk about playing styles and, and all of that stuff once we get into the preview of the Guardianes 2020 season for America. Because then we will talk about the squad and how much depth we have and all that. We'll get that to a little bit later, but I, I think you make some pretty good key points. And that pretty much wraps up America's preseason. They exit out uh, against Guadalajara in a 4-3 loss. Of course, all of us are pretty bitter, pretty sad about it. But again, I think it's just the fact that it's America. It's a classical, like AJ said. We kind of are rested into it a little bit more than any other preseason match. That it stings a little bit more, and which is why a lot of fans jump to, re- uh, to kind of conclusions in the sense that, you know, this team is doing before the season even starts, which I don't think it's the case. I think it's just fans maybe a little bit over dramatic in the sense that, you know, we lost a classical in, in such a poor fashion that we haven't done so in such a long time that I, I think it was just, I, I guess, kind of a natural reaction when you're so rested in, in the game and everything like that. But that pretty much wraps up the preseason. And that's pretty much all we have really to say. We could go more into details, but it's going to overlap with everything that we're going to be talking about when we talk about the season preview for America. So. We'll leave it at there, and we'll get back to it a little bit later in the show. Now, we're going to move on into our next segment, and this is why we brought AJ onto the show, is because it is Lady Aguilas time, and if there's anyone that is well-vested and well-knowledged around in the Lady Aguilas camp, it is this man right here. AJ, take it away. Let us know everything going on in the world of Lady Aguilas in Coapa. Got you. So one thing I want to talk about before diving in is the Liga MX announced change. The Liga MX family have announced changes into the league when COVID happened. So the age limit is out, but at the same time, the sub seventeen players will only be having sixty five minute um, percent of playing minutes. But those that are born in two thousand two could play the full one hundred minutes, one hundred percent of minutes that they can get as long as the manager wants to use them, but they must be at least 15 years old in order to participate into the season. Also, the opening day of the Liga MX family has been canceled. It was originally scheduled for July 24th, but due to COVID cases arising from the feminine teams, they decided to postpone that until August 14th instead. So looking to the America Feminine roster, we do from what I can gather from what we had last season, our roster is looking at this currently. We have our three goalkeepers are Natalia Acuna, Renata Maschiaredi, and J.D. Gutierrez. From defenders, you have Ana Gabi Lozada, Wendy Morales. You have Monica Rodriguez, our captain. Jimena Rios, Marcela Valera, Celine Valera, Elisa Santos, Josina Orihel. And then when we look into the midfielders, we have, Gen- we have Betsy Cuevas, Jenny Gonzalez, Veronica Perez, Montserrat Hernandez, Diana C- um, Cáceres. Ana Gutierrez, um, Zulma Hernandez, Renata Huerta, Jana Jimenez, Zaira Moreno, and Scarlett Lopez. And then from our forwards, we have currently that 
Dalia Molina, Juan Campa, Daniela Espinosa. Oh, how can I forget? For our midfielders, the one and only Jennifer Munoz. Which signs I was about to say, I was like, I don't hear her. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, throughout like making this, I was like, I'm forgetting someone. I was like, how can I forget her? But the new signs that we have acquired from America Femini, we've signed Natalia Acuna. She's an 18-year-old goalkeeper from from Querétaro Femenil. So some interesting things you can know about her. She started 17 games for Querétaro, and she has played 3,420 minutes played combined. Our second sign that we made is Dalia Molina. She is a 20-year-old four from the defunct Morelia team. She's the all-time, she was the all-time leading goal scorer for her team, in which where she scored 22 goals in 83 games for on the defunct Morelia side. Our next sign, we have Jocelyn Orejel. She is currently a player on the Mexican women's national team, a 28-year-old um, um, defender. And she, in a fun fact, she used to play in Europe. She last played for Tijuana last season, which she was a key part of the defense that of Tijuana family in which they were making their way to the Liguilla until the season got canceled. Then we also signed Veronica Perez, in which she's a former Mexican women's national team member. She has played in the NWSL in the United States of America. She has played in Europe, and she's played in Australia. She's a 32-year-old midfielder in which she carries experience into the team with their experience playing overseas. And, get, and she also came from Tijuana, which she played alongside with Justin Oriel. We also made three, we also made three signings from the sub-17, in which we, had, we signed Jenny Jimenez, Scarlett Lopez, and Zaira Moreno, which coming from the sub-17. And a lot of interesting things. And also from transfers to the team, so if you remember, we've let 15 players go, a whopping 15 players. So one player we do have on that, which we loaned to another team, is Alexia Villanueva. We have loaned her to Santos Fe- on Laguna Femenid for one season, so she'll be coming back once the, se- once the season is over for her. And then from players at the part, we have goalkeeper Dari Hernandez, which we have sent her to Querétaro. Defender Daniela Alcantara, which we sent her to Querétaro Femenil as well. Defender Ana Karen Lopez, we have sent her to Toluca. Midfielder Destiny Duron, who only played one season with America, which was this season before being shipped to Toluca Femenil as well. Goalkeeper Hadi Gonzalez, she has been sent to Atlético San Luis. We then have Estefania Fuentes, in which she's become the second player from America Femenil to make her way. To Europe, she'll be playing for Sassuolo in Italy. Um, Karen Maprigat, we've acquired her from Tijuana Femenida on a loan, but since the season's ended, her loan has ended, she has gone back to Charlotte Femenida. And then, lastly, we have um, Cuba America Femenida's all time leading goal scorer, Lucero Cuevas, who has gone to Leon along with Esmeralda Verdugo, which she also gone to Leon as well. Current, the um, other players that have left from America Femenida. But it is unknown to where they're at. It is Viviana Michel, Susana Abundes, Maya Rios, Natala Avilla, Reina Velasquez, Terra Romero, and Samantha Arellano. All right. Well, quite quite a long list of names right there. I mean, um, I mean, where to start off? I, first of all, let's talk a little bit about these departures, Dylan. Uh, we mentioned this last time when AJ kind of gave us his uh, his video on on the first episode back from our hiatus. So many, so many players being let go. How how do you think this is going to affect the team going forward? 
Well, you know, I think AJ mentioned a couple of names too that are coming in that bring experience, you know, whether it's on the national level, national team level and uh, European level too. So, you know, I feel like, you know, you feel some holes there, but, you know, you look at some of the departures, you know, he mentioned Cuevas, you know, a big blow. I mean, that's pretty devastating to me to see her leave to Leon. I didn't want to see her go. And then obviously too, uh, coming from Vidas, you have Michelle uh, come, but then, you know, she leaves. and so. Um, it's just you never saw you never even have to see her really perform with the team and so you just kind of just leaves you with this big what if at the moment no yeah definitely definitely aj i want to talk to you in specific about departures and besides that name that dylan just gave us in cuevas what's another name that's out there that you think this is really going to hurt america in the long run because this player was so detrimental to the team where to start? Um, I'd say, in my opinion, Estefania Fuentes. Like, she was a key player in the America roster. Like, when America were on um, Thursday, were first four in 2016, she was a part of that key team that played in the Copa MX Femenil, in which, unfortunately, we didn't get to go to the finals, but she played a key part. And then throughout the season, her game was improving as a defender. She was getting more minutes and more games being played for her. And especially from this season, she scored, if I'm not mistaken, two goals in the seven games that she has started for her on the team. It was a huge ball as a defender because she was a really aggressive, but also um, uh, a defender that just matched to just stay back in, uh, in place and just being able to go for the interceptions, the tackles, the passes, and to be able to create plays. At the same time, we did get Justin Aurihel in return, so that's like um, a gift in return, despite um, Estefania Fuentes leaving. I'd say the cycle, I'd say the other um, departure that did hurt America in a way, my opinion, I'd say was Destiny Duron. From her coming from college in California, if I'm not mistaken, to making her way to um, to this America Feminine team, she was proving herself that she could become a key midfielder into the America Feminine team. But knowing Cuellar, he always likes to rotate players a lot and see which players can fit into the roster. I feel like as time went on, she was she was proving herself more and more to just be able to stay on the team. But then right after, she was just let go on free to just go to Toluca. So in a way, it's like we have a backup midfielder in which that could either take um, Jennifer Munoz's place in case she does get tired or Hannah Gutierrez and Destiny Don can also play as a winger or as a forward at times so in case we want to replace Daniela Espinosa or Marlene Campa we could just then put in Destiny Duron as a forward and another, I guess one more I could say was Heidi Gonzalez this season was I say her breakout season as a goalie for America Feminine she didn't really get much time to play when she first signed onto the team but um, after she was getting, like, consecutive starts for the team, it's just like she was making saves after saves, keeping the defense organized and placed and getting all those minutes played. So she just got the entire defense along with the team, like, comfortable around with her. But then seeing that departure go off, considering that JD wasn't playing much due to injury. So then seeing this, I'm just like, why did we let her go? What was the reason for it? She was our best goalkeeper by no doubt this season at Makeup Feminine, not just because of the games that she's played, but also just like the saves and the places she's been performing for her team to um allow us to win games or to t- or to prevent the um team um the enemy team from wanting to score the goals. 
Yeah, no, I, mean, I think you make some pretty good points. Some three pretty big names, but you know, well, we'll get into you know the ladies' squad depth and everything once their season is about to start in August. I do want to kind of take away, kind of walk away from the negative and talk a little bit more about the positive and talk about these this signing, this Jocelyn signing. I think it's a huge one for America because Dylan, how many times have we said that America's uh, defense is just like in the men's side of things need, needed some revamping and to see this player come into this squad, I think it's going to mean so much for the team in the defense. And you see that she's another player that has chemistry with Jen Munoz. And I don't know if the team is doing this on purpose, but they seem to be forming this team around Jennifer. I don't know if you see it that way, Dylan, or or just kind of just happens to be a coincidence. No, no, I, I think it's a great signing. It's it's a great uh, reinforcement in the back line. Um, you know, I, I was especially particularly upset whenever we seen Diaz um, leave back in uh, uh, right after they they won that title um, like two years ago, three or two years ago about so. But um, you know, especially with the likes of Verdugo going to, you know, it, it's just it was just kind of like a swap to me. You know, you you bring in Jocelyn and you know Verdugo's gone, and so you know you got your replacement there. And I think it's just going to be um, a, a great, you know, solid brick wall on the back line going forward into the season. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I mean, just just by the TikToks and by the videos that you see out there, AJ, it looks like this team is really becoming a family on and off the pitch. Uh, I, I'm not going to go too much detail into it and and all of that, but just give me kind of a quick summary of how you're feeling in regards to the ladies so far this preseason. I mean, if you can even call it that. I'm feeling really confident in this team because I feel like with the transfers that we made, despite what all of the parts we had, I feel like the seven players that we have signed enough is just good enough um, for this team to push forward towards that second title we want. Because we made it clear that we're America Femininity. We're a part of one of the biggest teams in Mexico being up to America, like with the men's side. So it's like we're going to represent the same thing as we're wanting to win every single match or trying to win all the tournaments that we could partially participate in. So with the, with the signs that we made and with the roster, with how it's looked like, I'm confident that this team could definitely make a push towards the final because last season we've made it to the semis but I guess due to um, injuries to key players, you really weren't able to make that push to the final. But I feel like this season is the season into which America could win that second title and tie with the feminine. No, yeah, definitely. And that's exactly what we're going to be hoping for. But we'll give you guys an in-depth look into the ladies as soon as their season is about to start off. We're going to get you guys all caught up on that. And AJ, thank you so much for giving us all that detailed information. Really, really gave us exactly what uh, we wanted to know, wanted to hear about the ladies, all of that. Thank you so much. And we're going to move on into our next segment now. And it's been quite the day today, specifically, if you're listening to this Tuesday, uh, July 21st. It has been a day for an America announcement, as you guys seen on social media and all other America uh, affiliated pages. Today, America has officially released their 2021 home kit jersey. Gentlemen, give me a recap. Just a quick, brief, two-word response on your thoughts on this Blue America New Jersey. AJ, I'll throw it to you first. It's three words, but I love it. <laughs> I love okay, it. Okay, fine. You love it. <laughs> Dylan? It's pretty great. 
pretty great. Okay, nice. Well, let us know in the comment section down below. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, SoundCloud, or, or iHeartRadio, let us know what is your thoughts over on Twitter and or Instagram. I personally think it's great. It's it's actually a very nice, clean jersey. It does resemble a little bit of the jersey that uh, America played in back when we first started this podcast, Dylan, if you remember back in uh, 2018. And uh, it should be interesting to see what uh, what is going to look like on the big screen but uh yeah i mean america released the jersey quite early today too it was seven o'clock in the morning over here in um in california and it was already late for you over there uh, aj well semi late it's <laughs> 10 in the morning dylan it was nine for you but yeah i mean overall i think nike outdid themselves this season uh, i mean i'm wearing the away one right now and the home one should be coming in pretty soon but it's going to be interesting to see how people's reactions are towards this jersey. So far, I've heard good things. I don't know if you guys have heard otherwise. I've heard mixed. Mixed feelings out there? Yeah. Some people say yay. Others say nay. Yeah, well, I see Chris Rivera saying a classic 80s-style jersey. I think he's he's on there right there. That's exactly what they were trying to go for. Just kind of needed that big America emblem. But uh, we'll see if we ever get anything like that. Uh, but we do want to mention to you guys who are watching this right now, uh, whether it is you're watching this over on YouTube, on Twitter, or if you are tuning in via sound, uh, excuse me, uh, through Apple Podcast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. This uh, we've partnered up with our good friends over at WorldSoccerShop.com, and you guys can go head over and grab your new Club America jersey and get ten percent off by using the promo code Eagle Eye. That, again, is promo code Eagle. I head over to worldsoccershop.com. You guys can get yourselves quite the steal right there. They're going to be selling everything from kids to men's to player authentic jerseys. Head over there. They're going to get you guys all hooked up with everything. Make sure you guys, again, use that promo code. Save 10% on the, uh, on the jersey and get yourselves ready for the upcoming Guardianes 2020 season. Christian, you're back from uh, that blackout that uh, Staten Island just had right now. Tell us about it and uh, give us your give us your thoughts on the new Club America jersey. Well, the blackout happened only specifically in my house, so I apologize for that. Um, but I think I got everything back and running. And the new jersey, the new home jersey, is looking pretty nice. I like it. Um, I heard someone was gonna buy it for me. Hopefully, he keeps true to his promise. So um, it should be it should be an interesting interesting year for us. But it, no, it's definitely beautiful. Definitely beautiful. I, I like it. One one of the better jerseys, in my opinion. Um, I do recall though. Um, you saying it though when it first got leaked that you did not like either jersey. Um, so I hope that you will you will. Uh, you know. They're growing on me. They're growing okay. on me. Like, what what can I say? That you know, it, let's face it. I'm gonna buy them either way. Yeah, right? I was gonna say literally whether it be you know a piece of cardboard. I think we're all gonna buy it either way. So <laughs> can't but wait. That, yeah, but 2022, the year of cardboard jerseys. <laughs> that goalkeeper jersey though, I actually kind of like, especially the one that Ochoa wore, the green on goalie. From the, uh, yeah, the goalkeeper kit. jerseys look yeah. interesting. Those are always my favorite because I wonder why. I think I've mentioned it before <laughs> that Nike has given a lot of leniency towards America goalkeeper jerseys in the past couple of years. If you see other teams in Europe, in the Premier League or in La Liga, they kind of are able to, you know, they're just kind of given this kind of regular standard goalkeeper kit that, you know, just the only thing that changes is the crest and the kind of sponsors, and that's pretty much it. But America has been giving liberty to kind of 
kind of copy the design what the players wear and implement them on their goalkeeper jerseys. And all you have to do is really change the color up and everything. As you saw, Guillermo Choa's green jersey is going to look great. Uh, the black one we've, that was released today as well looks amazing. There's also going to be a red one. Uh, so I, I'd really, that red one, Dylan, kind of reminds me a little bit about that purple Marchesin one that we really, really liked back then. Oh, that purple one was. I got that jersey signed by him actually when I went to Mexico. For America, we went to visit Coapa. That jersey is beautiful. Goalie kit. It is. It's definitely. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely looking out. Um, let us know when uh, what deep web market we need to invest in so we can get those jerseys, at least for me. Since I'm a goalkeeper, I'd love to be able to get my hands on them. But, yeah, definitely excited to see what uh, Guillermo Cho is going to wear for the following season as well. But uh, moving away from the jersey, like I mentioned, our good friends over at worldsoccershop.com are hooking you guys up with that promo code. Make sure you guys go check it out. Christian is right on time to give us all the latest news in regards to transfers and all the updates over in Guapa. So, Christian, take it away. Let these people know what has been going on down in the transfer rumor mill in regards to Las Aguilas de America. Yeah, so um, obviously after our um, our exit in the preseason tournament, um, you know, a lot of people called for well, one Piojo's head. Um, I can rest assured, you guys, he, he's not going anywhere. Um, he is he is firmly staying in America, whether you like it or not. Um, he's not going anywhere. So let's just get that out of the way. In terms of players, um, obviously we need um, we need some 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 new players in, uh, preferably wingers. I think that's something that I've been calling for two seasons, and I think now. Um, they, they're fine. They're fine. Starting to look at our podcast and you know realize, okay, maybe these guys do have a point. Maybe they, they know what they're talking about. So you know, let, let's go out and look for wingers. Um, it's it's definitely been interesting market for us, especially due to due to COVID and us not really making any big name splashes. Um, recently though, a couple actually, yeah, two days ago, uh, it was an initial report that didn't gain traction until yesterday that. Uh, supposedly, America was interested in Antonio Valencia coming to America. Now, this is one that I would take with a grain of salt, only because um, wages and age, um, age doesn't fit with our current, I guess, philosophy of just buying younger players and then kind of exporting them to Europe. Um, he, I think, he will be turning thirty-five very soon here, and his wages right now are still something that America, I at this moment right now, wouldn't be in their best interest to pay. So um, I wouldn't really count that Antonio Valencia would come to America, but it is definitely a rumor out there. Now, the more, I guess, realistic rumor, which in my opinion, I still think it's far, far from actually uh, becoming a reality, is um, this Argentine club that we still have uh, problems with. Um, they, they, they don't want to pay us the money, so they'd rather give us players in exchange for it, which is... Um, is it's I mean it could work in our favor, but it could work not. I, I mean I've read that America wants the money, but you know I guess if the players are right, maybe something can work out. Um, obviously in this in this trade, um, Cecilio Dominguez would be a part of this, so we would see him come back to to America, which has been rumored for a couple of weeks now. Um, but you know I I I it's very fifty fifty. I guess I've been reading with the fan base. You know they think he had potential when he left. They think that you know his time was up. That he wasn't really you know, fit for to play to play in an America jersey, so they kind of spot just got to him. Um, so you know that's definitely a player that I guess people are very uh, indecisive about. The other two players that this club will be giving us uh, go by the name of Brian Romero and Gaston Togni. Um, both of them are wingers. 
uh, one plays on the left. Uh, if I do recall correctly, I think it was Gaston that plays on the left and Brian on the right. Uh, but Brian can also play as a, as a second striker, so that's something to look out for. Um, now, the reason why I do deem this as unrealistic as well is, you know, the, um, the foreigner uh, cap that we have, where we wouldn't be able to register all these players uh, for America. So this, this is also why I deem this as unrealistic as well. Um, you know, the, the fact that one or two can come, it's still a possibility. But then again, I reiterate, the foreigner cap is still not in our favor. So uh, to count all three to come in would be ludicrous if it does happen. Uh, I don't know. I, I I must be I must be doing something wrong then. But um, but the fact if one one could come, I do see one coming, whether it be Cecilio or or um or one of the other two mentioned. Um, but definitely not all three. So that's pretty much the latest rumors we have with America. If anything does occur, follow us on Twitter, and I will have you updated on that. So a lot of names being thrown out there in today's podcast, as you guys can tell. Um. So, I mean, let's just start off with the biggest name being Antonio Valencia. I know that some people are definitely for it. Some people are definitely against it. I am definitely on the side of against it. Like you mentioned, Christian, age and wages. And it just doesn't seem like that's something that you want to kind of invest yourself in. It only feels like it would be a short-term project with Valencia as well. So I don't think that's what America is looking for right now. I know that there's some people, and I know our good friend Chris Rivera here was saying that he could act as a very versatile player, play on the wing, and then he could also play right back whenever Paul or George can't actually step into that. And I, I do agree that that would be ideal. That would be a, a really nice situation. But I don't really see that happening. Like you mentioned, it just doesn't fit the America philosophy that Piojo mentioned that they were kind of going for. In regards to the Cecilio Dominguez and the Independiente stuff going on, again, I just I, I think America's much rather have the money up front and worry about their own kind of uh you know foreign domestic kind of situation that's going on right now because let's face it we wouldn't be surprised if another america player leaves whether that be roger or emma or whatever the case may be so i think that's kind of still up in the air and and Mm -hmm. let's face it we know how america works we know that they're going to be doing uh transfers up to the last day of the transfer season which which is october 5th October 5th. Can you look at that? So we're not going to get anything until October, most likely, if you're an America fan. And I think you have to understand that by now. So we have to work with what we have right now. And uh, we'll get into that right now because we're actually going to be talking about the preview of the Guardians 2020 season. But like you mentioned, I don't really think there's anything there to it. AJ, I don't know if you think uh, I'm being a little bit ludicrous here, but do you think any of these names that um, Christian mentioned actually have any actual traction to them? I mean, Cecilio Dominguez, he's played in America before. He's got an idea. It's like how the system works in America. And I think he has expressed that he wants to be back in America. This because I think even then, like, he's been having, like, a falling away independiente because some fans, I think, complain saying, like, he's not getting, like, his full 100% as if, like, he doesn't want to be there. Don't know if that's just him, like, not adapting to the play style over there in Argentina. Maybe that's him wanting to maybe go back to play in Mexico. Or just simply maybe he's just like out of shape. But I would like to see Cecilio Dominguez back. He's had some he's had some bright moments at Medic, but like towards the very end, he had he just did not play like to where I wouldn't expect him to um play as. So also Antonio Valencia, I mean Porta might have him, just the problem though, just the wages and the age as well, but then just him like he at he can be versatile, but at the same time, just like him playing as a right back, we're going to have Jorge and Paolo Aguilar. 
he's going to be our third right back that we have the team and considering maybe with some of the youngsters that might try to get into the team. I don't know if he'll be really getting some playing time unless we put him as a right midfielder. So I'm down with that. But the other two that um, Gresham mentioned, like considering talking about like the foreigner gap, I really don't think it's going to happen. Maybe we can maybe get one of those guys. Me personally, I'll take Cecilio Dominguez any day. I like the guy. He played in America, despite like all the um, fans and, compl- and complaints he's been throwing at during his time at Coapa. No, yeah, definitely. I think he's only saying that because Christian, you kind of look like him. Dylan, um, any name out there that you really thought that uh, Christian that just mentioned that you thought could come to America, or are you in the same boat as me? Is it's it's kind of still up in the air with with America rumors? No, I'm I'm still I'm still in the same boat with you. Uh, all I want is Cecilio back to Chip Saliva. That's it. that's true that is true well that pretty much wraps up the transfer rumor email and the america launch of the new jersey and uh head over on twitter and we'll keep you guys up to date with everything going on in los aguilas and america now moving over into our next segment this is our big segment of today's show it is the guardianes 2020 season also known as the apertura 2020 although nobody will be calling it that because of the name change First of all, AJ, I want to ask you quickly, what are your thoughts on the new name change of this uh, Apertura? I really love it. I just love like, how Mexico is really dedicating this to those that are working their hardest out there to keep the country safe from the epidemic that's currently happening with COVID-19. So the doctors, everyone, all those important figures that are, are putting themselves into the front line to continue to keep the country um, going and to protect everyone from from safety from trying to get from um affected with COVID-19 so I really like the name change despite what other people may be saying that why is it necessary but me and my pen I feel like it's really necessary to honor those that are working their hardest out during this epidemic definitely definitely now let's get into the season as a whole what we can expect from America what we want to see from America what is realistic and what is not Christian, I'm going to throw this out to you first because we talk about this every single time that America starts a new season and we know what the objective is. We know what the obligation is and what the objective is already put on that board as soon as the season is going to get started. And it's a championship. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. So, you know, you you know, in FIFA, when they give you like the season objectives and they give you like bullet points for America, there's only one. It says win the title. That's all it is. And I expect no different this season. Whether we had a bad preseason, whether we whether we had a good one, we're we're obligated to win the title. And if we fall short, it's a failure of a season, just like any other season. So this season should be no different. Um, now, do do I do I think that we can? I mean, is it a realistic objective? Of course it is. It's just I think Bioho needs to really really cement his 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 play style uh, with this with this core. Um, definitely a new squad. Even though it may not seem like it, but it it is, and there's definitely a lot of moving pieces that um I think that once they fit, I think we do have the ability to become a a, a really good team. It's just a matter of time, and hopefully that these these quirks can be can be worked out. Because as we mentioned last week, these quirks, in my opinion, have to be worked out within the first eight weeks because the closing part of the of the season is very difficult for us, and if we don't have our quirks uh, down by then that closing can be detrimental to us and we've seen what can happen to us when we kind of uh you know we're, we're kind of not on our game and you know we we kind of saw it during the preseason so uh definitely a realistic objective uh i expect to win the title we just need to narrow down these quirks uh sooner rather than later so at this point it's definitely the path to the uh guardianes 2020 title 
at this point for America. And it's how do we get there in the best form, in the best fashion? I think before we even look at the calendar, which we will in a little bit, we have to kind of look at the squad and talk about kind of the ideal way that America should be looking at the in the fact that do we have squad depth to begin with? And I'll ask this kind of broad question to all of you guys right now. Do we have the squad depth to compete in this tournament and call ourselves one of the favorites for the title? Or are we in a situation in which we're very limited to a very strong starting 11 and to a very selective few individuals coming off the bench? Because that's, I think, a very important part in how America should face this new upcoming season. Dylan, what do you think? I think it's kind of... We don't have enough depth, but we kind of do have some depth, if you kind of understand where I'm going with this. I feel like maybe you look at the squad, obviously there are some players that some people want out, and therefore being able to maybe bring a player in or or two. And and especially with all this uh, craziness that's going on with Independiente right now, too. But I feel like the squad... Uh, can add a little bit more depth to it. I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily a deep squad, but I mean, you you have some talent there. It's just you know utilizing it week in and week out, and Piojo getting everything down right that to 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 pinpoint. No, yeah, I, I agree. Like like Dylan said, we do and we don't. But I think Piojo needs to manage this precisely because we know that some of these players that we do have in our starting 11 are very fragile. We do know that they're very subjective to getting injured. I mean, it it really is kind of a difficult task to ask of Piojo, but he is paying the big bucks for this kind of decisions to be made. Uh, AJ, what are your thoughts in regards to the team and how much talent do you think we have off the bench in, in this upcoming season? Talent-wise, just looking like at the bench, I mean, I looked at the I looked at the um Copa GMP for Mexico. I was seeing we have mostly youngsters. There is some potential and some others. I'm just like I feel like we're just gonna simply loan them out and they may never really get a chance to play in America. We didn't really make much changes like transfer wise. We did get like some transfers back, like Luis Reyes, who was on loan from the Atlético San Luis. We did manage to get um. Uh, some new signs such as like um Sebastian Cáceres and Santiago Cáceres, who did, if I'm not mistaken, were signed this season, but they didn't really get much of a chance to prove themselves. Either that's like due to injuries, or just be able just wanting to wait when it's the right time to put them in. As Dylan said, it's like we have squad depth, but at the same time we kind of don't have squad depth. Like some youngsters, for example, like I feel like in add some squad depth. We have players like the youngsters like Ramon Juarez, Adrian Goranzich, este- Esteban Lozano. Um, uh, Emilio Lara, Emilio Sanchez, Miguel Leiva. Like some of these players, I feel they can add some kind of depth to the team. Sure, they may be young, but I feel like if you could maybe give them some time to adapt. We've had players like Edson Navarez, Diego Lainez, Sebastian Cordova that were that came from the academy. The man just put them in, and eventually they got themselves to um get themselves accustomed to the America system and prove themselves like they can be in this squad, they can stay in the squad. No, yeah. No, yeah, completely, completely agree. Christian, now that we've kind of had an idea of what, you know, we have in regards to squad depth, whether or not we do have it, how do you think America should approach this season in regards to playing? I know Piojo said that he wanted to implement some new tactics. Can't even get the word out. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really get to see much of it in this preseason. What we thought we were going to see a glimpse of it. 
How much do you think that's actually going to happen in this upcoming season? And how do you think America should play? Because I want you to, to tell me that before I tell you how I think America should play for this upcoming Guardiana season. Well, I it, it's disappointing because I, I kind of mentioned it and that was kind of my, my thing throughout the whole preseason that Bioho was going to implement this new play style that we were going to see America kind of stray away from, from all, all the wing play. And while we did see little glimpse of new tactics being implemented, we when it really got down to it, I think we kind of just relied on the same thing over and over again. We relied on the wingers to try to make something, uh, uh, and then and then from and then build off from then. Um, the in the game against um the game the game against Chivas, the the play literally came from from the wing where someone crossed it in and being uh headed in. That's that that's something that America, I think wants to keep doing and it showed because when we were down and all the tactics that people had in the in the beginning got thrown away because we got scored on in 15 seconds we kind of just went back to that and he kind of was like all right you know what forget that let's just you know go with our, our bread and butter in, in a sense um now how i do want america to play i think that we saw a lot of i guess more chances and more positive output when we played through the middle um and for that i really need cordova and when Benedetti does come back, I need them to be kind of the main men on this team to be the creative people, the ones to start the play, the ones to uh, make something happen out of nothing. Because we've seen that both are capable of doing that. Uh, in past seasons with Benedetti, we've seen a lot of plays that look broken up, but somehow he finds a way to open up a, a gap or a space, and then he kind of just you know d- does does his magic. Cordoba with his long with his long range shooting can do wonders. We we've seen that time and time again that. He knows how to shoot the ball from long range. And when you have players like that that can just change the game on the instant, it adds a whole new element to your offense. And that's something that we desperately need because over the past few seasons, we've seen America kind of be very predictable and teams kind of figure them out, especially last season. You know, teams that we shouldn't really be, you know, tying games to or losing games to, they kind of figured us, uh, figured us out very quickly. And for Rioja, was a little bit complicated to kind of adjust because, well, one, uh, you know, the team figured you out, so, you know, it's it's a little bit hard adjusting mid-game. Two, you know, we really, really don't have the, the players on on those in the sectors to kind of change the game up. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really looking for more, you know, game play down the middle. Uh, and hopefully Cordova and Benedetti and maybe even Giovanni Dos Santos can, can kind of uh, provide something for us in that in that area. Yeah, I completely agree with you in the fact that America needs to start playing and building down the middle. I think we saw the most promising signs through that aspect in the preseason. And I know I joked around with you in this one, Christian, but I think I, I actually, uh, the more I think about it, the more it actually makes sense. I do feel like America has the team to play and I'm not saying they have the players like for like, like this other team, but I did mention to you that it's time for America to kind of ditch that winger aspect of it and kind of focus on the central side of things and maybe play a little bit more compact and with that being said, I think that we should kind of revert to kind of that old 2005 AC Milan style in which where a lot of it was run down the middle and through midfielders and a lot of kind of wingbacks were, were doing a lot of kind of the uh, the runs up and down the pitch to kind of, you know, get themselves in open spaces and, and running back as well. We saw a lot of this in the 2013 season where America uh, was champions against Cruz Azul in that epic final. And we played with the back five and we saw that our, our fullbacks got up and down very quickly and, and were very overworked, but they knew what the job was and they did it to perfection. And I think maybe America needs to go back to that aspect and say, look, we don't have the wingers. We do have 
quite the cluster of midfielders, some very, very talented midfielders at that. I think, like you mentioned, if you can add a Cordoba in there in a free role, if you can add a Benedetti in a free role, even if you give Gio the opportunity to play in a free role, I think he's going to even uh, adapt and even give you more of what an actual Giovanni Santos should give you. So I think America and at least Piojo should revert back to, okay, maybe we play five at the back and maybe we play with a diamond midfielder or a flat three uh, in the midfield and play with two strikers or however he wants to manipulate it, however he wants to manage it. I think that that's something that America needs to do because, like we mentioned, how do we plug and and plug in the gap that's the defense and actually have something to build up top going forward? And I think if you have that Lito's back five, you have coverage in three center backs, right? something that we don't have with a back four. And then we have a midfielder that I, I think that any one of us here in this, in, in this podcast or even in the chat as a general can agree that we feel comfortable with uh, a Cordoba, a Sanchez, a Santi, a Benedetti, even a Giovanni Dos Santos when he's playing in that free role to be able to produce something and then to have a top Vinas, Henry, you know, kind of have those two guys be kind of your main men. I think we're comfortable in that aspect. So if anything, I think America should revert to that style. I know we were so used to having such dynamic wing play, but I don't think that's the time for, or, or at least this team is not that kind of team anymore. And I could see Nivaduen coming off the bench and being very impactful, coming on and being a little bit more in kind of a free roll area. He's able to get down the wing, cut in the middle like he likes to. So I think this would work very, very well to America's advantage. And maybe even letting Renate Ibarra go could be a blessing in disguise because it changes the team and it makes you adapt into what could actually be an even better America side. So, I mean, I don't know what you guys have to say. I mean, Christian, I see you nodding. Uh, uh, Do you agree with with mostly what I'm saying? No, yeah, definitely. And like you said, we have the players to kind of implement a play style like this. Now, I'm not saying that every single play we, we, we make has to be down the middle because obviously, you know, that's not going to be the case because, you know, our team's going to yeah, be right. like that as well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, honestly, and... Ah, wow. I'm going to catch a lot of, uh, a lot of like, comments saying this, but, like, if you look, if you look at the way Real Madrid kind of took this, this, um, this, oh their, 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 their gameplay <laughs> post-COVID, they kind of almost never really... Like, they, they weren't really known for crossing, and that's why... A lot of fans got upset. Now, post COVID, that crossing got got drastically eliminated. And while we did use our wingers, uh, well, we only kind of really only had one on the left side. We managed to kind of implement a new style that you know it was a lot of a lot of Benzema dropping back and then kind of making the play from there and then making the play from the middle across uh, Modric. Now, now I'm not saying that you know America has those caliber players, but we do. He's have saying a we player. have better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day we will. But I am saying that um, that we kind of have a player like Roger Martinez who likes to drop back a lot, who likes to have the ball and create. We have players like Cordova, uh, and hopefully when Benedetti comes back, he can go back to that form. We kind of have players like that to, to have the ball and then go up and make something because that is possible. We have a winger like Ibargo, like you said, when he is hot, he is hot, and he can out-dribble a player. When he cut in like we saw against Chivas, he can make magic as well. Now, if we do get that right wing, now that's two elements that we can add, and we just become that much of a better team. Now, um, will Bioho listen to us? I mean, I hope I hope he does. Or is he going to be cemented on this wing play uh, action throughout the whole season? I really hope not, because I think it's proven from last season and this preseason tournament that we don't have the players to carry out the system anymore. And I think if we want to 
contend for the title, we want to contend against these better teams, we're going to need to have uh, a new set of play style, new elements to our attack. And I guess what I'm saying is me and Ivan, I think, I think we have it, but it's up to Piojo to implement it. Yeah, I mean, let's see if he hears it and let's see if he even implements it. You could hear it and be like, you know what? These guys don't know anything that they're talking about. And, you know, right, rightfully so. We're just a couple of guys talking on, on the Internet. But uh, hopefully Piojo does implement something, at least changes something to give us a better America side and get the best out of these players, which we know he's capable of doing. So it, it's really it, it, it has to start this Monday against Pachuca. It really, really has to start this Monday. And talking about Pachuca and talking about the calendar, let's actually look at it because I know, Christian, you mentioned that the first couple of weeks are very detrimental to America to kicking the things off right and closing out the season on a very strong foot. Dylan, how do you look at this opening couple of games? And let me read them out to you. You know, we have first jornada against Pachuca, then we have Cholos, then after that, Necaxa. Now we have a tough game against Santos, but then we have a game against Querétaro. So that's five games in which you would think that America gets at least at. I mean, they're you know they should be getting all fifth uh, all fifteen of them. But I mean, that's that's. I mean, what do you think? A good. I'm trying to do math right now, and, and I really can't. I, I, three, one, two, times three, three. 12, 13 points. 13 points is at least viable, right? Look, I, I've said it time and time again. I mean, whenever you go into, into, the, into these seasons, especially the way it's formatted uh, for Mexican uh, football, is, you know, every game freaking counts. Like, I'll say it time and time again. You don't play from, let's say, like, the end of July all the way up until uh, May. I mean, to play everybody twice. You don't do that. You play everybody once. So I just feel like every point matters. You got to go out and, and say, hey, we got to win this game. We got to get these three points because you get midway to the season and you're already looking at Ligia spots. You're looking at, you know, oh, a, a two-point difference in either staying in, the, in that top eight to get a Ligia spot or just dropping out. Or, and that's not even how it's formatted anymore, if, if I'm, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But still, I mean, you're, 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 just, you're just kind of on, the, on that verge, you know, whether you're going to be uh, dropped out or not. And so I just feel like, you know, you got to take every game seriously. You got to go out and realize that you got to get three points because you're only going to play that team once. Yeah, and I think you're forced, if you're America, you have to get in those top four. I mean, yes, granted, you can finish in 12th place and still make it to, in the, to the Ligia, which is ridiculous. And, but and, I don't... Even even with those 12 spots, I mean, you look at it and like it's just like from 8 to like 12, you're like, you're like 1 to 2 points off. Like, like exactly. it's, just, it's just kind of a crazy weekend at that point. Like you don't want to put yourself in that spot, especially towards the very end of the season. Like it gets really chaotic when they're mm-hmm. like, you just see those point differences. It's like everyone's going up and down in the tables, like trying to fight for that spot. And you got yeah. to do math and look at goal differences. And then you got to go to like how many goals are actually scored for this team compared to another, another team, all that crazy stuff to yeah. find I out mean, who gets that spot. Yeah. Especially yeah and as you guys can tell, you know, we're not that good at math here at the EY Podcast. I mean, that's going to be terrible for Speak us. Speak for yourself. That's right, though. Christian is our uh, is our math guy here. I should have let him start off the show with uh, with the numbers right there. But, AJ, I think you make a very good point. It's it's crunch season uh, once you get to mid-September. You know, once you hit those Clásico, even before the Clásico, I think we go up against Toluca. So you have a tough, tough, tough time um, closing out that season. How detrimental do you think America needs to be? How much 
let me rephrase this question so it's it, it's a little easier to understand. How important will it be for America to find its style of play and rhythm by mid-September when the crunch end of the season hits? So like re- like talking about before, like how the way America plays, we, we usually focus on the wing, whether it's like Ibarguen, Ibarguen, Ibarra, Leo Suarez, any one of those guys, you're just delivering a cross and then just hope to Henry or Mesa just jump in the air and he just headed into goal. I feel like we've learned a thing or two from the preseason tournament, which I feel like we might need to switch some things up if we're going to make the run back to the finals like we did la- like we did last season. So I feel like we got some time, with, especially with the way the calendar looks at the moment. First, like for the first opening games, I feel like we could test a couple things out here and there, but I feel like we should try to find as soon as possible just so we could fit, we could start strong and finish strong at the very end of the season. Want to hit that top four spot and then just push our way into the um, get our way into the gear and hopefully win that title. No, yeah, definitely, Christian. I mean, you we've talked about it. We even off camera we said how uh, how crazy the the Liga Mekis gods were to give us such a tight end to the season. How do you think America needs to approach the beginning of it so they know that towards the end they have everything that they need to close it out? Um, well, I think we kind of have to. Like, I mean, it's it's hard to 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 kind of say that America needs to go in to these first couple of weeks and kind of demand like demand the intensity of a final because well, one you you're coming off of you know a very interesting time in 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 the world where I mean I guess players are not going to be at that rhythm yet. But I think Abiojo has to really stress, and I, I'm pretty sure the players know as well, that the beginning of the season will be a little bit easier compared to the end. Now, that's not to say that, you know, we're, we're, you know we can lose towards the end because we, we don't want to lose because, no, those are three Clásicos, then we never want to lose Clásicos, right? But I think that if you kind of start winning in these first couple of games, you're 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 saying to yourself, okay, you know, you're building confidence. You know, you know th- those those recent games that you had are left in the past. Now you're building up towards something, and that something can be confidence, or it can be you know just better chemistry within the squad to help you uh, kind of go on this kind of hard run that you said that we're gonna have. Like you said, we I think we have to look up before the classicals, then we have the three classicals, then we have Leon, then I think we have Tigres right after that. So. You know, it doesn't get any easier and every single week it gets harder. But at least you're now you're prepared uh, because you kind of have that confidence in your squad and yourself that, you know, America can make this run. Now, obviously, that'll happen over time. But I think in the first few weeks, Bill has to stress that, you know, when keep winning, build your confidence. And then from there, we can we, we can build something. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Two questions to close this out. Uh, and I'm going to ask to every single one of you guys the same question. Two questions. One, can America go undefeated? in this Guardianes 2020? And two, who, for you, is the key player for America for this, uh, for this tournament? I'll throw it to you first, AJ. Vinas, my boy. I'm on that Vinas train. Any, any South American that ever comes to this team as a forward, like we had like Chino Romero, we had Dario Benedetto, we got Federico Vinas, Nicolas Castillo, and Mili on that hype train. I'm like, this guy's going to score double figures. And I think if I'm not mistaken, we haven't had a forward the score in double figures in a season, I think, since Christian Benitez, if I'm not mistaken, where he Correct. would constantly score like 12 goals, 11 goals, 13 goals. So it's like, I'm really hoping it's the break. It, Venus is already like a breakout. Like he's already like a sensation in America. 
But I feel like this is like the scene where it's like he could finally break that curse in which America finally finds their striker. They can get into the rhythm things and just score in double figures, like essentially just scoring goals for fun, like left and right for our team. All righty. And my first question. What's up? Simple, simple yes or no. Can America go undefeated? No. All right. Okay. No. All right, Dylan, throwing it to you. Uh, I don't think Americo go undefeated uh, this upcoming season, but I think, and you're going to call me crazy, Ivan, but I'm telling you, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, but Cordova is going to have a pivotal season <laughs> in the midfield for America this season. I mean, like, I like, so like son, yeah, you have so much shit. You got your vendetta out against him. And then, you know, you tweet about him and then he makes you look stupid. And so that uh, that's what you get for tweeting about him. Maybe that's the magic magic for him. So, you know, just tweet about about him. But I'm telling you, Bordelava this season is going to be pivotal for America. Not on the wings. Like, I do agree with you there. I think it's a little wasteful to have him out on the wings. But I don't know what Bill Hole is doing or a season that. But you keep him in the middle. Bordelava is going to pull some magic. Promise you that that hair, that hair. I'm telling you, this gonna be great. It's very luscious. I I do wonder what head and shoulders he uses. Yeah, sure. Really, really amazing hair. All right, Christian. Um, I do agree with either with both of these these fine gentlemen here. Vinas and Cordova are very are going to be uh very important to us, especially going forward. But I I think I'm gonna focus myself more on the back line. I think Bruno Valdez will be our key player for this season. Um, this preseason didn't really, I don't think we saw the best of Bruno Valdez. I think he was very shaky. Uh, he didn't look like he was in Bruno Valdez form and the form that we know he can be. Um, I think once he kind of cements himself as that leader that we know he can, I think that you'll see a, uh, a boost in the defense and we kind of need that. Uh, the defense is definitely the weakest link of our team right now. Uh, so I think if you get a guy like Bruno Valdez going in that leadership kind of role, going to get a little bit more comfortable with his, with his back line. Um, I think that our defense can, can strengthen up a little bit, but I think it just comes down to him. Give him the damn armband, damn it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. Give him the armband. Give him the armband. I don't want... He's proven it enough. He can be. He could definitely be a captain of the team. Definitely, definitely. And then uh, are, you, are, you, are you willing to put the risk and say America's going undefeated this season? Well, I mean, my heart always wants them to go undefeated, but you know, I, don't, I don't think they will. <laughs> no, one, no one wants to put their neck out here for a minute going undefeated. Don't worry, I won't either. Um, <laughs> it was just a funny thing to, to put us up there. But, uh, okay, I mean, it wouldn't be an Ivan answer if my player no, wasn't Ochoa, of course, uh-huh. right? Um, look, I am tired of people bashing him on social media, and I'm always there to defend him. But like, I meant, like I've mentioned, and, and, and these two uh, gentlemen right here will be testimony that I am the first one to criticize him as well whenever he does make a mistake. So for me, I think Guillermo Chua is going to be the player of the season for America. Um, I think he's definitely going to prove to us why he still is the best Mexican goalkeeper and why he is the best Mexican goalkeeper in history. And yes, I know that's a big statement to make, but I've made it time and time again, and I will revert to that every single time. And I think, like you mentioned, Christian, with Bruno Valdez, I think this is the season where I think Bruno and Ochoa actually finally mix and gel together. because. When you're playing in the back line, you need two two leaders in the back. You need a strong center back leader, and you need a strong goalkeeper presence as well. And I think if they can get their connections, if they can get on the same wavelength, then I think they can organize themselves perfectly in where we see much less goals coming in and a, a tighter defense and where Ochoa doesn't have to work as much 
and the defenders don't either because they're going to be well-placed, because they're going to know exactly where to be at. Because Ochoa, over the times, knows how to structure his defense, knows where to place them, knows to say, hey, look, you put yourself over here, you cover over there, and it's going to make sure that you don't have to run as much, or at least you'll have to do a sprint rather than a whole marathon and trying to catch up to a player. So I think it's going to be a detrimental season in the defense, and I think, like you mentioned, Christian, if we can get a very good Bruno Valdez and a Guillermo Ochoa that are on the same wavelength, I think we're going to be in a perfect situation as to where uh, we don't have to talk so much about the defense, but more about the offensive part of America's side. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up. Just one last thing. Quick predictions. Where does America end up at the end of the Guarda- Guardianes regular season? Give me a table position. Christian, I'll throw it to you first. Fourth. Fourth, sp- fourth place. Okay. AJ? Second. Second place. I like it. Dylan? Fourth. Fourth place. I, oh, I was hoping a little bit better. <laughs> I am going to go, and I'm going to meet you down the middle. I'm going third place, America. We like that third place, bud. And, hey, whenever we do finish third place, we tend to lift a trophy. I'm all. That's all I'm saying. So uh, we're going to call it that much. That is our Guardianes 2020 season preview. One last thing to talk about, and that is the first opening game of the season, which is on a Monday night. Quite odd that it's on a Monday night, night. especially being over there in Hidalgo. But America is going up against Pachuca in the Guardianes 2020 season, Jornada 1. Gentlemen, America is coming into this, like we mentioned, in a not-so-good preseason form. Pachuca, though, is they just won the Copa Telcel. Don't ask me what that was. I have no idea. I think they just invented (laughs) at that last minute. Um, But they are coming into this with a much better record than America. But the one thing is they have much less games under their belt. Uh, in regards to high level intensity rather than America. So America has a little bit more games under them and Pachuca though have the better run of form. AJ, how do you think uh, this game is going to go for America? Um, Despite the um, disastrous game against Chivas since, you know, preseason, um, we're heading into the regular season against Pachuca and in which for the most part when we do play against them, I feel like we've been winning most of our games. So I've, I'm feeling confident in America considering we have played more games than Pachuca. I feel like we could confidently win this in my ability. First game, I'd like to get a first win under our belt. I, for me, I'd say for a score prediction, for me, I'd say 3-0. For that. Wow, you're being oh, wow. really, really generous. No, he caught on fast. Game. He caught on fast. He did. He definitely did. He didn't say four zero, but you know he's he he he's there. But um, okay, Dylan, give me your kind of uh, prediction of of the game. How do you think America is going to come into this one? How do you think they're going to plan for this Pachuca game? And then uh, after that, give me your results on what how you think this game's going to go. Um, you know. I expect this to be kind of a, a, a scrappy game a little bit. If I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least one red card. I'm gonna throw that. Oh out my here. god! <laughs> Ochoa getting sent off. I've <laughs> but you, you know, I just feel like we're still gonna see from both teams um, some some sloppiness, a little uh, some sloppiness. Um, you know, I don't expect uh, this win to come easy for America. But, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they're going to scrape by. We've seen the team do that plenty of times, too, scrape by with the win. But I think I'm going to go with the 2-1 win. Interesting. All right, Christian, same question to you. How do you think America plans for this Pachuca game? How do you think they implement it on the pitch? And what is your scoreline prediction at the end? Well, in order for me to kind of implement something, I think I, I think it'd be fair 
uh, to give you, I think, my kind of predict the starting 11 for this match. Uh, I'm going to. No, just, yes, of course. Go. I'm sorry. That's I'm, where I should have started. I'm, I'm <laughs> going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to. Uh, you know, this might be one of my, I guess, I don't know, one of the more ludicrous ones, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so uh, I'll go with Ochoa in net, um, Paola Aguilar, Bruno Valdez, Sebastián Cáceres, uh, and Luis Reyes as the back four. Uh, in the midfield, I have Santiago Cáceres and Richard Sanchez. Um, on the wing, I'll have Ibarguin. And I guess on the, on the other wing, I'll have... Oh, wow. That's, I'll probably put Leo Suarez. Uh, and then I'll have Vinas and Cordova up top. Okay. What kind of you know, Cordova. Well, Cordova, Cordova obviously behind, behind Vinas, but you know how you know what I meant. Yes, yes, I did know what you mean. Um, okay, so you're basically putting the same back four that led in four. Well, not four goals specifically. There was changes, but the first, the back line that led Chivas scoring 15 seconds is what I'm trying to say. Uh yes. Okay, interesting. Give me your, uh, give me your. Well, no, because there. no, because Jorge Sanchez played that game as the back four. No? Oh, that's he right. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, right yeah, back. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I had Paul starting today or on oh, Monday. That might be the difference right there. We'll see though. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jot this down because I think I just forgot what I just said. But uh, and if this comes true, I think Ivan, you owe me a donut or something. I don't know. I will get you an America flavored donut. All right, cool. But uh, give me your prediction for the game. Leo, oh, uh, America wins 2-1. 2-1. All right. Interesting, interesting. Well, we're all very adamant here for an America win, but I will say this, though. Whenever we do go down to Pachuca, it's never an easy game. And AJ, as much as you're very optimistic about this 3-0 game, I do want to throw caution to the win and let people know that this is probably going to be one of the more boring games of the Liga Mekis week. I don't see America going in this with uh, a lot of intensity. I do see Piojo kind of being a little bit more, uh, you know, not actually going for the attack as much as just kind of making sure we have a solid defense and then building up going forward. And I can only see a Pachuca going for about 60 minutes tops at full intensity. But even then, I don't think they're going to risk themselves at that point. So. Don't expect a high scoring game is what I'm going to say, even though AJ might be right and America might end up scoring three. but. I don't really see this America side uh, going and, and trying to be so much on the attack. I think it's let's solidify our defense and then, you know, go out and try to get a win. So I'm going with a 1-0 result. I think America wins it towards the 78th minute of the match, and then America holds on for dear life. And who knows, maybe that's when uh, the red card happens, uh, Dylan. So we'll have to wait and see. But I, I, I don't expect this game to be the highlight of the season whether or the highlight of the jornada. So just kind of keep that, you know, with a grain of salt, throwing, in, throwing it out there that this might not be the most spectacular game, but it is one of the most important ones because it is how we start the season off. And I think, um, I think we all expect America to win, and I think they expect themselves to win as well. So they have to go out there and prove it. And uh, you guys will be able to catch the New Jersey in action on Monday as well. So if you guys ordered it, hopefully it comes in time for you guys to sport it on Monday. So that pretty much wraps it up here for us. Anything else you guys want to mention or talk about, gentlemen? Did I say Luis Reyes or Jorge Sanchez on the left? You back? said Luis Reyes. Okay, yeah, change, Reyes. That, change, that, change that to Jorge Sanchez. Okay. All righty. Okay, well, we have a last-minute lineup change. There you guys okay, have yeah, it. Well, I have a jotted down anyway. Well, we'll see what happens. Nice. Dylan, AJ, anything else to add on? Um, I guess I got my, my lineup for the Pachuca game. I got Guillermo Ochoa, Luis Reyes, 
Emma Aguilera, Bruno Valdes, Paula Aguilar. I'm going with also Gonzalez. It sounds controversial, but I'm going with also Richard Sanchez, Leo Suarez on the right, Andres Ibargan on the left, and up front you got Henry Martin and Federico Vinas. All right. Two different lineups. Two very controversial. One having also the other one having Leo Suarez. They both could have be Leo interesting. Suarez. Huh? They both have Leo Suarez. Oh yeah. It may be the most controversial ones <laughs> was, also. Yeah, I was trying to think what, which what controversial was yours. I think Jorge. the only one is that. Yeah, Jorge's not having a good preseason either. But that's Jordan. that's besides the point. Let them let them prove us wrong on Monday, and then we'll have a different talk about it coming next Tuesday. Dylan, anything else? No, we've covered it all. We've covered it all, and we've taken more than enough of your guys' time, so we're going to get you guys out of here. AJ, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We love the work that you're doing over there. Where can they find you on Twitter, our good people of the Eagle Eye Podcast? At the Blue Creams. At the Blue Creams. You guys can follow AJ. He's going to be giving you guys live updates on everything that is going on in that America game. He live tweets it just like us. And any Lady Aguilar news is going to be broken on that site as well. So make sure you guys go follow him on Twitter. And uh, make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter if you guys haven't done so already. Make sure to go to worldsoccershop.com. Use promo code EagleEye to get things going. And, uh, of course, that pretty much wraps it up for us. We'll be back next Tuesday to talk everything that happened against Pachuca. And hopefully we have very, very good news and something happy to finally talk about. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a wonderful time. Every single one of you guys, stay safe. And until next time, as always, take care. Y arriba la América. Good night, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.